Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Look, y'all know we harp on it a lot. You need a good pair of binos. Yeah, I never hunted with binos until I was almost into my 20s. I never did it when I was a teenager or anything like that. Or when I was a kid, we never had binos. And when I bought my first pair of Vortex binos, the first binos I ever purchased back in like 2015, it immediately made a huge difference for me, especially in the turkey woods. So give yourself the advantage of a good pair of binos this spring, whether you're looking for more of like an entry-level bino like the Vortex Diamondbacks or something really, really nice like the Razors. Vortex is going to have something for you. And hey, don't pay full price for it. Use our discount code at eurooptic.com. Use the code SGN10 to get a discount on any Vortex optics that you want to order. Again, that's eurooptic.com, code SGN10 to go get a discount on any Vortex product you order. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. And now on this week's outro, 
You just heard the, the, the buttery sweet tones. Are we using that one? We're using it, dude. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. Got Ginger Bowhunter sitting over here across from me. How you doing over there, Ginger Bowhunter? Doing well. I thought I was going to do the intro on this one, but you know what? You just take it away from me. Yeah. I mean, like, take away my question, bro, from that, uh, that old podcast with old uh, Chase Parker and uh, Haynes Riddle, man. Oh, yeah. you Yeah, I remember. Because I remember at the very beginning of that one, I said, man, that was weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, last week on the outro, we did something a little different. We had my sweet little wife, Tiffany, on here. Uh, to as, as John Ball, our buddy John Ball from uh, Cash River Leather, uh, reached out to me. He's like, man, she keeps you honest, doesn't she? I was like, yeah. <laughs> her, <laughs> hearing her side of the stories, I'm like, eh. <laughs> So uh, y'all, y'all get to hear the non-Andrew side of some of those stories. So that was that was good. Yeah, um, Andrew gets to butter it up a little bit. Yeah, I get uh, to butter it up a little bit. Hey, know, he's I'm talking about here. the stories, not talking about Tiffany. He's winking at me. No, no, he's dealing a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> butter her up. Yep, that's right. Um, so that, that was last week. Um, so because of that, we haven't really talked about uh, the episode with Haynes Riddle and Chase Parker yet. And Michael Perry, of course, mm-hmm. was there too. So we're going to talk about that one today, along with the uh, Wise Eye episode. So uh, how do you want to start this bad boy, dude? I, we got to start real quick. If you haven't listened to the episode from this uh, really two weeks ago with um, Haynes Riddle, Chase Parker, Michael Perry, you're missing out. You got to go watch it. You got to go listen. Not watch it. Got to go listen to it. I had some people actually text me. Uh, actually, one of my uncles, being one of them, text me. He's like, "Man, that was like one of the best, if not the best, episode y'all have done in a while." Which is actually pretty surprising because that came out after Shane Parker's episode. Man, all these par- last last name Parker. A lot of name confusion these days. Yeah, but Shane Parker and Paul Butera, who came out a couple weeks previously, which is a really good series. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even my uncle's like, dude, that one that you had with uh, Chase and, and Haynes was outstanding. And he's like, he remind he said it reminded uh, him of back in the day, like him, and my other uncle Anthony, uh, mm-hmm. getting out there and kind of doing it when they were like in you know. 18, 20, 21, stuff like that in the early 20s, trying to put stuff together. Oh, yeah. So. And they were all naturals on the podcast, man. They took to it like a fish to water. Yeah, <laughs> it was, man. It was good. Like we're Jumped about, right into the stories. Yeah, like we're talking about with Chase, man. Listen, he said it before we got on the podcast. He said, man, we got a face for radio. He's built for it. He's got <laughs> the voice in the face. So, it's, it's, the double, it's the dual package. Man, yeah, it was great. They jumped right into some stories, jumped right into ribbing each other on some stuff. We, we got to talk about real quick that, uh, that uh, little mishap with the horsefly. Oh gosh, man! man. You talk about some funny. <laughs> Usually, like with certain stuff like that, we'll cut it out. But that was just golly, that was so funny. Like this horsefly, and the listeners, like I was like, man, they're not going to know what we're talking about. But after I re-listened to it, you can definitely tell. You definitely tell. Like, you know what's going on, <laughs> oh, man. And gosh, editing that, I was I was losing it hearing Michael Perry when he was like. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He was like, he took a hit from a 185-pound man and flew off. It flew off. <laughs> he thought it was bionic. He called it, it was like, it was bionic. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah. That was great. And then so was like, we got a horse fly over here. Yeah, but like, oh. like, I mean, a whopper. <laughs> <laughs> when he said whopper, that's when I lost it. Oh, man. Oh, that's so funny. And then, we, yeah. As and then said, we wolf packed we, it. We wolf packed it. That's what I was going to get at. Like, and that's going to go to the topic we're about to talk about. But, yeah. Uh, at, we wolf packed that horse fly. I didn't have a chance, man. I think old Maxwell gave the the final. I gave killing. it a good smack, and it fell on the ground, and then Chase stomped it. Yeah, yeah. So we wolf packed it. Yeah, s- smashed it. <laughs> but no, speak about wolf pack. So with their episode, because again, we haven't really broken this episode down. It's really fascinating. There's a lot there, a lot of meat there that was kind of interesting, especially because it was interesting coming from. It was like the perfect example of like listeners becoming the um, the guests or, or listeners becoming the teachers. 
mm-hmm. or the student becoming the teacher. Because in a matter of a few years, and actually I said in the podcast, I think that I thought the first time we had Perry on was 2020. It actually was 2019 was when we had Perry on, summer of 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's when Chase had messaged us. Like, man, you need to keep getting guys on like this. You know, this is awesome. That was back in 2019. Yep. And in a matter of like two years, him and Chase, Haynes and Chase, were able to put it together to figure out like how to go out there, implement what Perry talks about, and have success You know, on a specific piece of public land and kill some really big deer, dude, in, in a matter of you know, a short window of time, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. But one thing that they talked about, and we kind of got into the episode, was very early on was the idea of like working with somebody else and not doing everything by yourself. As in like the scouting. Like one thing Haynes says, he's like, he says in the episode, uh, this is a rough paraphrase, not necessarily a quote, but he's like, there's not many people I would give my on X to, mm-hmm. but Chase is one of those guys. Chase is that guy. And he's like, I trust Chase's scouting. And Haynes, and, and Chase, like, I trust Haynes' scouting. Like, they trust each other's scouting. So when they're going out there and they're covering ground, each of them, they don't have to be there at the same time. Like, they understand that, hey, if if, if Chase says this is good, Haynes' like, okay, we're, we're, rolling, we're rolling with it, okay? Yeah. And same, that same kind of concept, like, trusting who you're working with. So you're not having to, like, go back and second guess. And also, your buddy is going in there is breaking it down to the aspect of he's not just going in there for a quick scout. He's actually breaking the, that spot down, like they mm-hmm. talked about, which we'll get into a little bit this episode. Yeah, that's How they good. work down the creeks. Mm-hmm. To like know that, hey, this area has been worked perfectly. Now let's move on to the next one. So you don't feel like you have to go back in there. Kind of like where, you know, you and me went, you know, like a month ago. Yep. And it's like we went in there, but we didn't really break it down very good. So it's like, crap, we we're covered go, a lot we, we, of ground. It's like we got to go back in there because we didn't do a good job th- the first time around mm-hmm. going in there and breaking it down. Yep. And uh, I just, I found that super interesting. So, I mean, what's your take on that? <clears throat> I mean, kind of the same thing. Uh, what really caught my attention, and you could probably hear it in the episode, was them talking about working a specific drainage. And they're like, we'll, we'll take a whole day and we'll work this drainage out. And uh, it also goes back to what Paul and Shane were talking about uh, in a couple, a couple weeks ago in the Buck Hub series. Um, they were talking about when they find a Buck Hub, they're taking like their whole day and they're scouting that hub. They're not necessarily covering seven miles of area. They're, they're finding a hub and they're basically circling that thing and they're staying in that little spot. They might walk seven miles, but they're not traveling seven miles from like point A to point B. Yeah. Um, and, and so that stuck out to me because, again, like our recent scouting trip came to mind. That hillside where we found that buck bed and all that mm-hmm. buck sign, I'm like, man, we need to go back in there and just that hillside is what we're looking at. Yep. And like just check it out mm-hmm. or see. Or, or maybe the, the big drainage, like, where we initially found the buck sign, like, really walk that out, too. And, and and try to just learn that area, like, the back of your hand, and not so much uh, speed scout an area. Which I guess it was good, you know, going there and get a lay of the land. But um, there's definitely a pattern between all these different guys we've talked to over the last month now uh, who are really methodically breaking down an area in a certain way. And, like, they're... They're successful year in, year out doing it. Yeah, no, I, no, you're, you're spot on. Um, I, I think it's interesting just how he made the comment that, like, I trust, you know, they trust each other's scouting. Because I think that's a huge key. Like, you can go hunt with somebody, and, like, your buddy goes in there, but, like, can you truly trust, nothing against your buddy, but, like, can you truly trust, like, what he goes in there and says he saw or what he didn't see? Because I feel like some of that real subtle sign, some people might overlook. Great, great example. Andrew, like, on our scouting trip we went on, you mm-hmm. found some scrapes. I put, I'd be 100% honest. I walked right past them. They like, I'm like, I, you know, I kind of know. That's turkey scratch. I mean, it's like whatever, but it's like once you kind of looked at it in more detail, and it's, maybe it's just one of those things I wasn't looking for something like that. I was trying to focus more on, like, trying to find rubs and, like, trails, and you're like, mm-hmm. dude, here's a great licking branch. Look, there's a scrape on there. I'm like, really? And you're like, once you look at it for a little bit, like, oh, that is a scrape. 
But it's like, that's not what my eyes are picking up. I was looking for, like, other kind of sign. That's why I like scouting with you, because, Mm -hmm. like, that whole time, me and you were gravitating towards different stuff, and we would split up where I didn't even know where you were. Like, I couldn't hear you, I couldn't see you, and then eventually we'd find each other, and it'd be like, man, down there, there was this. And same thing, like, I trust your scouting, Mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, down here in this little laurel patch off the side, there's gaps in it that looks like that. So I'm like, okay, great, I don't have to walk down into that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and see exactly what that looks like. So um, that's why I like scouting with a buddy, dude, especially on a place like that, Big Woods setting, mm-hmm. because, man, it, it takes a long time to cover that amount of ground. And it's the same thing we've been preaching for a couple of years now with the whole wolf pack mentality is if you got buddies that you trust to go in there, you're just learning that much faster. Yeah. And, yeah, then, uh, that's, that's super true. I mean, you're learning that much quicker. And it's like the whole idea of man days. And like a mandate, which we talked about a ton on the podcast, but just to kind of rehash it for people. When you're hunting with, if there's two guys, you and a buddy that are hunting mm-hmm. like one afternoon, that would classify as two main days. You have two different experiences, two days of two different separate hunts combined in one, which would make two main days. And the more guys you have hunting together or over a certain length of time, the more main days you have. And what that does is it can tell you the difference between like, maybe you didn't see any deer in your spot, but your buddy 300 yards from you had all the deer by him for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And you can learn so much more quicker in a quicker time frame based off the more mandates that you put out there with, you know, a couple other individuals, yep. uh, which kind of comes back to the whole wolf packing mindset. And we're not talking about wolf packing, you know, you know, horse flies. We're talking about, you know, <laughs> bucks here. but uh, same concept. I mean, you know, you can be like Wes Moe, who again, kind of coined that term wolf pack um, and wolf packing with him and his guys, uh, which is the, their groups called the wolf pack. Um, where they actually go in and they hunt areas all at the same time, especially during firearm hunts, where they may, like in some of their closest sits, they may be 100 yards from each other. Mm-hmm. But they're all around a certain thicket, and but there's someone's going to get a shot opportunity at that buck when he comes out. And they're extremely mm-hmm. successful doing so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hunted with them this past year. I killed my best Alabama buck ever. Yep. Hunted with them. <laughs> dang good buck. They're, they're the same thing. Yeah, dang good buck. So it's like, and it missed, the, had another opportunity the next day, had another bigger deer. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, screwed the pooch on it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, there, there's a method to that madness, but like, you don't have to necessarily go hunt like that. But it's hunting with a couple dudes that you trust, like Haynes and Chase is discussed on. Like, you got to trust them. Like, there's unspoken truths about things uh, or unspoken agreements on things. Yeah. Of, like, you know, hey, if you're going to go in, and I'm one of these guys, like, it doesn't bother me, like, having necessarily, like, spots all that much, unless it's, like, very specific hunts. There's one hunt that I'm very much like that. Okay, I go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But other than that, like I'm like that's whatever. But like, but our respect for whoever you're going with, if they go in and mm-hmm. find something cool, that's like their little area. Unless they say, "Hey, dude, I can't go hunt. I need you need to go in there and try to kill that deer." Mm-hmm. They're like, "Okay, cool." But like, that's like when we were scouting with Pike down here. I guess it was last year, really two years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I never went into like I don't think I maybe maybe I did. I don't think I ever went into like any of those spots that he ever scouted and hunted because i'm like dude that's he's over there that's his thing great mm-hmm. uh, you know i might key in on some of the patterns like hey he's seen something happening over there well maybe i can do that on like this side of the road or that, whatever that's a really good subject to bring up because there's like a mutual respect there yeah. where and that that's a great example of it because pike was coming down here and he was he found a huge buck that's where a couple, the wizard a couple was good deer but a couple yeah. really big bucks yeah. one of them was a wizard which if you've been a long time listener you know all about that deer um he found all those things. He he scouted it, put the cameras out, walked it out. And the whole time, he was texting us, and he's like, hey, if y'all want to go in there, go do it. And he gave us his blessing. And there's even times where he's like, y'all need to go in there this week. And 
you never went in there. Mm-hmm. You were like, look, that's your spot. You hunt it. Yeah. But there, there's that mutual respect for each other where he's like, hey, here's the spot is if you want it. Um, and you said like, no, it's okay. I don't want it. That's your deer. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, he'd be okay with it if you went and hunted in there. Not just that, but one of my mindsets is if someone's already been in there scouting and a whole bunch and has a good understanding, I don't want to go in there. If I've never been in there, even if like you give me points and stuff, I could screw something up. Because mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily know the exact lay of the land, even though you're going off your onyx. You start walking maps. in in the dark, man. Yeah, and you're like, you're like, there's this one little patch of thick stuff that you didn't realize was there, and like you're supposed to walk around it where you walk through, you screw stuff up. Yeah, that's another reason I'm like, I'd rather not go in there unless maybe it's an afternoon hunt and I can ease my way in. But like, I'm just, it's not worth my time. Like, I'd rather, you know, go like kind of what Haynes and, and Chase are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, they go find their own thing. Yeah, maybe they like work together in a few spots, but they're kind of like using each other to kind of scout multiple different areas. And they may oh, be yeah. hunting a couple hundred yards from each other, but mm. they're kind of doing their own thing while they're out there, but they're learning off each other. Yeah, okay. Where me and you hunt, a uh, perfect example of this. You always hunt that cutover, and mm-hmm. you bounce around. In, it's a big it's a big giant cutover. You'll bounce around in that cutover. You'll bring Thomas in there, and you'll, you'll, you'll get on this point. He'll get on that point. You kind of ease around and fine-tune your setup. Mm-hmm. And I usually hunt around the edges of that cutover, and it's just like our different hunting styles. But that's exactly what you're talking about right there. Um, like we never fight over who's going to sit where because yeah. like I'm going over there, you're going over here. And that's what they were talking about. Cause Perry did ask that. He's like, how do you decide who's going to hunt where? And they're like, man, we always have two spots mm-hmm. that we think that we can kill a buck in. Like we always have two good spots and that's, that's where we're going. Well, and also another great example is talking about like what we do, which is exactly kind of what Chase is and Haynes is doing. It's like, you got your one spot where you've killed like two or three bucks in mm-hmm. multiple times. Like, I've gone over there. I've never hunted that spot. Never even been in that area, but I've gone around the backside, you know, like 200 oh, yeah. yards away and hunted and mm-hmm. not seen anything. So, <laughs> you saw a bobcat and some turkeys one time. Yeah, I did. No, I heard turkeys, but saw the bobcat. Bobcat was hunting the turkeys. <laughs> but um, but it's like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, yeah, like, I don't care. Like, if you find a spot, like, I don't need to kill a deer so bad to go sit in said spot. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. Um, and again, I think that kind of comes out to that mutual relationship and understanding like there are like like you don't want to burn your buddy like your buddy put all this work in to go hunt you don't go on the day he can't go in to hunt and you don't just walk in there and go hunt just because you know it's there yeah unless like he gives you like i gave him the good graces now it's public land do what you want but that's like just, that's bad on you treating your buddy mm-hmm. like that if that's mm-hmm. how you're gonna go about doing it. yeah it's like would you hunt with that guy like if, no. if you're being that guy would you hunt with him no like that's a that's a good way of looking at it for yourself you know, like whenever you're considering doing something, like should I go into that spot? If you're asking that question, then probably not. No, and also it's one of those things that like there's there's plenty of good deer out there if you're willing to go look for them and find them. Like that one example, like when Mike was on the wizard, like I don't, I'm like it's a big deer. I'm not dying. I don't need to go kill it. That's not the only deer that size no, it's out like, there. It, I'm like, but I am interested in like how he's moving. Like, is there a certain mm-hmm. pattern? Okay, maybe I can key on that on this other side of the road or down this road or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and try it. But uh, it's just like I don't. I mean, dude, it's like, I just don't care mm-hmm. on that aspect. I'm like, I'd rather go do it. And also, I feel like it's also like a little pride thing. Like, I'd rather kind of go and try to do my own thing and, and go kill a deer, uh, like, on my own. And, get oh. it to it. and that's kind of like going back to the whole thing, like, with I Wes. Agree. Like, when I went hunted with Wes, Wes took me to, like, the area. He's like, dude, he's like, you need to sit in this general area. And, like, I'd hunted with him two years. We hunted with him mm-hmm. back in 2020, one time. There. Yep. I don't think we saw anything. I think that's when I didn't see anything. You I saw, saw a little buck. A little buck. A little buck. And then didn't hunt anymore. 2020, 2021 went back. Same hunt. Sat in the same little area. Same like I was within like a hundred yards of where I sat the last time. Just moved up a little bit. Got in the tree. Got set up and shot a deer. But it's an area that he's hunted for like 35 years. And he's mm-hmm. like, I've killed deer 
from like the top of that ridge all the way down to like where you're at. I, I killed deer this, this whole area for 35 years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's all good. And I'm like, it's all like a good area. So it's yeah. like, it's one of those things like that's like, you go hunt that because he's like, here, I want you to come in here, find mm-hmm. your tree in this area and just keep your eyes peeled. And that's, that's different. Cause like, you're not going out there doing it yourself. Like you're going to those areas, but the same thing, mm-hmm. like they took us there. I don't, I've never been back there without them being there. Yeah. It's, it's and I thing. would never go back there. No, that's yeah, what, yeah. Ex- absolutely. It's like, if, if someone takes you to something like that, that is like an X on the map, unless they like, hey, go hunt it, or hey, we're going to go back, do you want to come hunt with us? Yeah, man, that is a good point. That is something that you could, like, people, I think, should probably consider before you go hunting with people, mm-hmm. is, man, you got to be willing. Like, same thing fishing. I'm going to say same thing fishing. Same, yeah, same thing fishing. You got to be willing to, like, put an X on the map with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because... Like, it's just not, like, with in Wes's case right there, that's a perfect example. Such a good spot. Mm-hmm. It's probably a spot that if we put a lot of time into that area, that's not an area we normally hunt. Had we put a lot of time into that area, we probably would have keyed in on it sooner or later. Just because of how oh, unique it is. Oh, you're talking about just like that. Yeah. Piece, yeah, the, potentially. The, fe- yeah, the feature that we hunt. Um, but it's like, man, well, see, if hunt- you're going to agree to go in there, like, don't go in there that, you know, some other gun weekend when they can't make it and hunt their spots. Well, I'll give you a great example. So one day we went and hunted it. I pulled out because, like, I think some of the guys were moving and, like, the guys, like, had left. Well, I wasn't going to go sit in the same spot where I'd been at down mm-hmm. there, you know, in, in that one area. So, I pulled out, went to – it's the same feature, but it's way farther down the road. Yeah. And I hunted on that side. It's an area that they don't really ever hunt. Yeah. And went there and just saw a bunch of foxes. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked good for deer. But it was the same thing. Like, I'm not going to go back in there. Like they had gray the, foxes or red foxes? Gray foxes. Yeah. But I'm not going to go back in there and, and hunt that if it's – you know, if, if someone's leaving, it's just, I don't know, it's part of the courtesy. I, I just feel like it's part of the courtesy. I'm, like, I'm just going to go down the road. Like, I'm not going to hunt the same spot, mm-hmm. even if they left. Uh, and this is kind of my mindset. Everybody not, might, might not agree with it, but when it comes to, like, the ethics of stuff, if someone takes you to a spot, that's what you really need to do. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like you need to, like, unless they say, hey, you can come hunt this anytime, don't just go hunt it when you get a free time. Like, oh, I know that this one spot can go hunt. And, and you know, yeah. buddy showed me there. Like, no, it's not really how that works. Like, they put time and effort to find it. Again, like, Wes, they've been hunting for, like, 35 plus years. Like they, he's got decades of experience. He's got yeah. he's got more experience hunting there than I'm alive. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like again, not not it's not worth that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. Um, man, that that reminds me. You brought up the spot where I've killed those uh, two bucks at, mm-hmm. and and seen a couple other ones. That's a spot where whenever Pike can make it back down here. Wait, 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 wait. Which, which spot? Which spot? The spot where I've killed two bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, we need to get Pike down here sometime for for an outro and do an episode on that area because that, that area is so interesting. Uh, I can't remember if we've talked about it yet. Where I had a bunch of cameras in there, in the thicket in the bedding area, and like we were getting a bunch of nighttime pictures. I'm pretty sure we hashed it out, but I don't know. I mean, you've been hunting for like three years. <sighs> Man, I can't remember if we talked I'm about it. Pretty yet. sure we've talked about last it. Last year was yeah, it was last year that, that threw me for a monkey wrench. Because the big saddle, it's got the knob next to it. The buck's bed on the knob. Can I cruise around? Yeah, I mean we talked yeah. about it. But well, I, we're, well, I, we, we I thought it. I was going to have like so many daytime buck pictures, yeah. and I got like none, mm-hmm. except for like right in the middle of the rut. That that is kind of interesting because it is like a big ticket. But like the two sidetrack back to Haynes and and Chase's mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Um, just that whole idea of like trusting somebody you're hunting with, you trusting their scouting. Also, again, again, what what is being like this that unspoken agreement that like you know if I show you something, you're not going to go just show another random person. Like <laughs> yeah. it, if I show you, it stays it's like with, the cardinal it, sin. Yeah, man. like I, I show you, it stays with you. Mm-hmm. Or we talk about it stays with you. Like you're mm-hmm. not talking about it with anybody else. Like it's it's us. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's how it should be. Like, you know, that mutual respect for each person. 
And that's how you kind of build a relationship, but also learn an area. Like, and kind mm-hmm. of continue can figure some stuff out. So I thought that, again, on their episode, I thought that was really, really, really good. Um, w- did you have anything else, though, on that topic? Uh, one thing I'll say is uh, if the listeners are enjoying this podcast right now, if you've been enjoying these last couple episodes, if you could share it on social media, that would be huge for us. Uh, I actually noticed, and I think it was the Mobile Hunters United group the other day, someone was asking about, uh, like, what's everyone's favorite hunting podcast? And I saw probably, like, uh, I don't know, five or six, maybe. By the time I looked at it, there's more comments coming in. But when I looked at it, there was like six people mentioned the Southern Outdoorsman. That stuff, y'all don't even know how helpful that is. That is humongous when you do stuff like that. So giving us shout-outs on these Facebook groups, uh, Running Good White to Hunters, Mobile Hunters United, pl- places like that that are relevant to this kind of deer hunting that we like to do. Uh, can't, can't tell y'all how helpful that is. So we really appreciate that. Um, if you guys can continue to share over these next couple weeks, especially uh, these next couple episodes we got coming out, we've been wanting to show you for a while. I think y'all are really going to like them. So uh, be sharing it. That's a that's a that's one of the most helpful things you could ever possibly do for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to plug that right here in the middle of this podcast. So I appreciate everyone who's already done that. Um, that's all I got for Haynes and Chase. I mean, just great episode. Oh, got- that's it? I'll say on that one topic, I got some more to talk okay, about. Okay, let's go, let's go. No, so just on that topic I thought was interesting. The other part I want to talk about is how they scout. Oh, oh my gosh. That's what I'm saying. Like, listen. Dude, I, mean, I got way ahead of myself JV there. League here. Yeah. So, I mean, Man, that's, that's something like you I haven't done about. this 300-something So, one thing that they discussed that I thought was very interesting is their scouting method where they're focusing on creek systems and they're starting from the very bottom, like up against the creek, finding creek crossings. They're like building, like a, mm. you almost can call it like building like a profile. Okay, what's wor- what's going down here? And then they're then they're like walking that ever how far they're going to go out. Say it's half a mile. Yeah. Then they're going to get up on each side of the ridge. I guess there's two guys you can kind of spread out. Either on you know both of you kind of work up the ridge, but they're going to work like the halfway point of that ridge. Yeah. Like these secondary ridge points drop off to the creek. They're going to work that halfway part of the elevation up the ridge around along the side of the creek figure out the sign there then they're going to come back again on the top of the ridge in those ridges that are dropping off into the creek so they're going to work the very highest elevation right there along the creek on that one side and they're going to do it on both sides of the creek too it's yep. not just one side of the creek so they're, they're literally scouting a single creek ranges six different times or six different ways you could say on each side or on the whole side so you got mm-hmm. three on the left side th- three on the right side Yep. Roughly. You could look I, I love that. And hey, for summer scouting, if you're like me, and, and this has been a subject like the whole time we've had this podcast, I like to get out in the summer and do some kind of scouting just because I like to be in the woods, I like to be outside. And, uh, you know, we've had the discussion before of how in the past I've struggled with some summer scouting, some, some particular tactics that I've, that I've tried to do, like looking for rubs and stuff in the summer hasn't really panned out for me in the fall. But one thing that did pan out for me like years ago and it relates directly to this when they're starting in those creek bottoms. An awesome way to beat the heat in the summertime and get out and do a little bit of deer scouting, but also some more fun stuff. Dude, hit those creeks and wade them jokers and go fishing. Like ultralight gear or like me and you, Jacob, we've gotten into the fly fishing stuff lately. Mm-hmm. Take some fly gear out there, catch some brim, red-eye bass, whatever. If like, you got them in your state. If you got them where you're at. Uh, we like catching red-eye bass, but... Hit those creeks, and the same time that you're fishing, you're staying cool, you're in the creek, it's beautiful, just a good day outside, and all you have to do is just be aware of your surroundings and say, okay, here's a nice trail coming down right here. Drop a pin on that on the map. You know, that's your initial scout, and then you can go back in there and 
and go check it out and scout it out like they're talking about, where they're covering that, not only covering the creek drainage, but they're covering, like you said, the elevation lines for the length of the creek drainage. Mm. So that that was really fascinating to me too, just because it's so efficient. Like they're covering that whole bottom. Like they know what is going on. Leaving there, nothing unturned. Which is what reminded me of Paul and Shane, because they're pretty similar with, with these buck hubs. When they find something that they're interested in, when they find one of these buck hubs, like they are scouting no stone unturned in that in that particular area. And I feel like Haynes and Chase are kind of doing the same thing mm. with these creek drainages. Nope, you're spot on. Um, yeah, I, I again, I just found that scouting style interesting because it's very in depth, and and also, I was I like the way how they explained it, starting down low right against the kind of the creek itself, working like halfway up the ridge, roughly kind of covering that, and then at the very top. And the one thing that they're looking for is like that thick cover. Like, where's that cover at? Mm-hmm. that these bucks are going to use to like travel from point to point because again they're hunting big woods it's totally opposite like areas that we hunt where it has a lot of logging areas with a lot of logging you're not gonna be able to do some of this stuff like this is not the case because you're gonna have mm-hmm. those smz's and that's it like yep. it's just you know you got logging on top of the ridges but the areas where there's the, the logging is not as intense you can truly as we talked about in this episode or in that episode focus really almost exclusively on security cover like that is like limiting resource in a lot of these areas if you get does in the air, the bucks can use that security cover to travel from point A to point B. So mm-hmm. just kind of keying in on those kind of little areas is something that, you know, has been successful for them, something that they kind of scout for. Um, so, you know, I found that it was super interesting. Um, also, another thing when it comes to the scouting aspect that I found very uh, impressed with was how they use their Onyx maps. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, by the way, little shout out to Onyx. If you, if you aren't using Onyx and you want to try Onyx, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN. And actually get, uh, what is it, 20% off, Andrew? Yeah, Off, off like your that. Elite or uh, Premium membership. Mm-hmm. So uh, go use that promo code, guys, if you want to go use Onyx. But going back to Chase and Haynes, how they use their Onyx maps um, to almost build, like, a profile for these areas. That's the way I kind of look at it. Like, they have certain color pins that, like, if they're scanning from the house, I think it was Haynes. No, I think it was Chase. I think Chase said, Haynes said purple. He doesn't like the color purple. So he puts like stuff he sets <laughs> from the house is purple on the map. Yep. But he's like, I'm going to go change it. And once I change it, I'll change it. So whatever other color I need to change it to. Yep. And it, it annoys him. So he's got to go look at it. And then <laughs> uh, uh, Chase was saying his is white. So he'll uh, everything he'll aerial scout for is all white pins. And then when he'll go and scout it, he'll change it to red or again, whatever color, put a description yeah. on there. Uh, but literally the amount of pins these guys have on this one piece of public lane is like I said in the podcast episode, more than what most people would have for a whole state. Oh yeah. I mean, le- legitimately like yep. it's, it was ridiculous, but it shows how thorough they are because they're not just in one area. They've scouted this huge piece of public lane from top to bottom, left and right. And like mm-hmm. trying to nitpick areas. So it, it just showed me that, you know, there is a, you know, if you're going to use like Onyx maps and organize it, taking good notes and having like a, a, a format, which is something I'm going to start doing. Like if I'm scouting from the house, I'm going to use a certain color. I'm going to try to figure out what color I want to use for that, uh, from the house. And mm-hmm. then like when you actually go out there and look at it, you switch it over to whatever color you need to change it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it super interesting. And again, it's worked really well for That's me. what I did where me and you went and scouted and I used like that baby blue color. Uh, that's, that's what sky all, blue, sky blue. That's, that's what I made all those pins that we needed to go check out. And I got to change a couple of them when we scouted. So that was good. Um, I did the same thing, man, and uh, I think it, I, I changed it, but one year, like, where we might hunt in Georgia this year. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, we got something to talk about right there, mm. boy. So, uh, where we might hunt in Georgia this year, back when I was hunting down there, it would be, if I went and hunted there and I saw a deer, 
I would drop a pin. Wherever I hunted, I'd drop a pin. If I saw a deer, it'd be a white pin. If I didn't see a deer, it'd be a black pin. And if I killed a deer, it'd be a yellow pin. I remember that. So I got all the deer I've ever killed, like yellow pins all over the map. So I like can see where I where I shot all those different deer. It's kind of cool to look at. And like it's kind of neat. All the deer that I've killed on this one public parcel, they're all like in a in a certain topography feature. And I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I was keying in on that so much. So uh, that, that was pretty interesting. What, saddles? No, the top third of a ridge. So they're almost every single one of them is like on a side slope. Actually, most of them coming out of a saddle, but top thirds of ridges. They were all like on that elevation line. I'm not killing any in the bottoms. I'm not killing any up top in the middle. It's like that one third the way up. Mm. I don't know if that's just because where the deer are, if that's where I like to hunt Or is also where the habitat opens up where you actually yeah. actually that's exactly what where the it is. travel pattern is yeah because that's where the smz starts because mm-hmm. that's where that military crest is most of the time mm. for this particular place well back to this yeah the whole where were we talking about georgia oh you're talking about like the color schemes and everything georgia but yeah okay well any, with with, with hang we're we gonna talk we, about georgia yeah oh we can maybe later oh, we'll talk about it next week okay yeah we'll finalize some yeah. stuff yeah next week Houndstooth Game Calls is your home for turkey calls this spring. Go check them out. They got all the classic turkey calls. You know, they got the pot calls and the box calls and the mouth calls. But they also got a couple really interesting calls. One of them is called the the success call. And you just need to go look it up. It's very, it's like a box call that you can work with one hand. It's really, really cool. Sounds incredible. They also got the Spur Master, which is another very unique call that you can get some really unique, clean tones out of. They're going to help you out this turkey season. Use the promo code SOP24 to get 15% off of your order at Houndstooth Game Calls. That's SOP24. Use it at checkout. It helps the podcast. Haynes and Chase, man, I just, I, I love their scouting method. It inspired me. Uh, I like their excitement. That was one thing that was fun, like sitting around and like also dude. having Perry there. You know, Han- or Chase, or no, Haynes made the comment that Perry, when we interviewed him, whatever, he was talking about like his first big deer he didn't kill until he was 31 years old, and that's how old uh, Haynes is. So he's like, you know, I, you know, feel like I'm on the right path here, kind of starting to put stuff together. Yeah. I, I told Perry, I'm like, Perry, what would you have done if you had the knowledge that these guys have now when you were 31? <laughs> because it's way above kind of like where, you know, where uh, uh, Michael had started out, you know, Perry had started out at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's again, it's impressive. It's mm-hmm. super impressive. So I'm super excited to see how their season plays out. You know, whether it's good, bad, ugly, man, it's going to be exciting to kind of see how they break stuff yeah. down. But, man, those guys have fun. The, I mean, that's they, a, yeah, that's they, they, they remind me of, like, our group and kind of how we are. Mm-hmm. Like, man, you're just out there. You're trying – everyone's trying to kill a big deer, but everyone's having fun. Like, you're sharing it with each other. There's that camaraderie there. And, and for me, that's, like, that's such a big part of deer hunting for me mm-hmm. or any kind of hunting. Uh, so that, that's so awesome. Those are fun dudes to be around. I could – I wish they lived closer, man. I feel like we'd hang out with them, like, all the time. <laughs> That's good. That's a good point. Listen, we all were talking to somebody about moving, or y'all were talking to. Oh, talking about going, yeah, moving up to Coleman or something. Yeah. So. Yeah, not quite. We're moving somewhere else. Yeah. No, we're, we're moving to another town that starts with a C in Alabama. So. Oh, you're right. That is true. <laughs> I'll let people guess <laughs> where it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyways, no, that's gonna be super fun. No, I'm trying to. Think, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, the episode was it was super fun talking to those guys again kind of it was awesome to see their excitement level and also just what they've learned how they put stuff into effect and really like double down on it mm-hmm. uh also kind of like the implementation of trail cameras and one thing that haynes said oh trail ca- oh so, hold on i don't know oh, one, on. one thing haynes said 
in the episode is like they use truck hammers to kind of see what's in the area and like, oh, there is a big buck here, great. Mm. But they're not using it for like hunting locations. Is that I'm going to sit right where that camera is at. Yes. And I thought that was I was I was glad he said that uh, because he said like his real big deer he killed, which I mean I guess it's technically like a ten point or something, but mm-hmm. it really it's a mainframe eight. It's a giant mainframe eight. It's yeah. Huge deer. Huge buck. I mean, if you literally cut off the two little points he's got, I mean, he'd still be a 150 inch deer mm-hmm. um, or close to it uh, as an eight point. But That's that deer, he said, point. like, he only had a couple images of him, and it was, like, like really, really late at night or super early in the morning, like 1 or 2 a.m., whatever. And it was, like, mm-hmm. 300 yards from where he shot it. But he knew based off the habitat area, if that buck's in, in that area, he's going to be coming through this one spot, and that's where he went, and that's where he shot the deer. Yep. Which I thought was super interesting. Yeah, that was great. Uh, I actually really liked talking to them about that trail camera stuff because it gave me a lot more confidence going out in the summertime or going into the fall. If you get one picture of that deer... You know, he's in there somewhere. And our cameras last year taught us a lot, I feel like, because I had, again, playing with this area that me and you hunted, there's that cutover that you like to hunt, there's the SMZ, and then on the uh, the SMZ is where I like to hunt last year, and then on the other side of the SMZ, there's a pine plantation. Mm-hmm. I had my camera down in that, uh, in that SMZ, and I got this one buck, just big, tall, like, just nasty-looking buck. Nice, really nice buck, uh, working to scrape a bunch. We actually got that deer on camera a bunch way up in that pine thicket up on top of the hill on one of JT's cameras and just kind of learning like that dynamic of where that, where that deer was because I got him on camera, I think like twice down in the SMZ. JT had him on camera up in the thicket a lot more, but I don't know. It just goes to show that he's in there. Like he's hanging around that area and it, it, I don't know. It just gave me a lot of confidence to hear them say, Hey, uh, if I get one picture of this deer, I know he's alive. Based on the habitat, I know he's hanging around this area, so that's all I need to go off of. Or the track, because they, they said the same thing about the track. They're like, man, when I'm going scouting, I God, find I a love big, big... I love a big track. They, you find that big, mm. giant track, they're yeah. like, that's all I need. Hey, you, you know like you know it's crazy and it kind of sucks, but I won't be able to hunt it this year. There's this one hunt that comes in in Alabama that like I didn't go on last year because I was, I think... In, where the was early it? one? Yeah, where was I mm. at? Was I in Arkansas when that happened? I w- no, I, mean, I just couldn't. I couldn't get off work because I was still working. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you had yeah, your I, day I job. Yeah, I couldn't get off work. Whatever. October first, I hunted. No, 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 no. The other one, the one I actually scouted for and found the giant tracks. Oh, in, in the, in the uh, cornfields. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, you couldn't get off work. That's yeah. Or, I, I, c- I couldn't do something. I, I just remember, like, I just I couldn't do. Anyways, well, you got we got rained out. Anyways, I I did that hunt. It was, but what I'm yeah. saying is that area. I found like three or four monster set of tracks and I tracked the buck all the way back from like where he was feeding in the night all the way back to like the general probably two acre spot where he was bedding at. Yeah. And like cool. set, had a tree stand set up, was able to come in through a marsh, coming through the water, coming walking through cattails, got a trail matted out where you could like come in through that stuff. I mean, slip right the trail. Ready to I mean, go. Right, right on his trail, he's coming back in on the morning and probably going and like just worn out trail. Worn <laughs> out trail. God, I love and that it, place. And it was a monster. I mean, four and a half finger trail. It was a big old boy. Hey, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's soybeans this year, by the way. Anyways. It looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go, go on. Anyway. But yeah, oh, well, we get me real excited now after saying that. Whew. But, uh, dude, Oh, I get real excited. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, just big tracks. I do see those big tracks, like, confirms that, like, yeah, the deer might only be 110 inches. But if he's got a bit, he's got four-plus finger-width track, especially, like, around here, dude, that's a big-body deer. 
Mm-hmm. It really is. Because, like, the thing is, like, the skeletal structure of these deer down here, especially after being in Iowa, so much smaller than what you're finding in, like, that Midwest. Mm-hmm. Like, just, they're, they're, as Perry said, like, my deer was, like, uh, the Iowa deer I shot was, like, roughly 250 pounds. Mm-hmm. And Perry's like, that deer, is a, that deer is a foot and a half longer, like, lengthwise than that deer down here in Alabama. Yeah, and it's, like, it's so ingrained. There's an interesting study. I think it came out of Mississippi State where they took uh, – correct truck. me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. They took deer from, like, a, a very good soil quality region and very poor soil quality yep. and basically moved them into the same space and studied them over years and studied the fawns that came off mm-hmm. those does. And I think what they found out, which I'm butchering this a little bit, but it is – that that difference is like a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Like those does that spawned the buck you killed in Iowa last mm-hmm. year, all those does are so fat over the years. Like they don't like they have plenty of food, great soil quality, great nutrition for like years and years and years, and that's why they're so big. And down here, it's like the opposite. We don't have that good of soil quality. We don't have as much, I guess, high quality, super fat foods like like soybeans all summer or whatever. Uh, so that that's why it's different. But that's to say, it, it's literally like a generational nutrition gap in a way. So, anyways, that, that was kind of cool for Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, you can look it up and, and read that. It, it was about antler quality where they, they found, I believe they found that the bucks from the poor quality soil region, like that first generation after a doe had, after if you took two does and you matched their feed basically, mm-hmm. they get the same nutrition uh, after a while, like the fawns that come off of those does, they start evening out a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I remember that study too. That's actually, why don't you do a podcast episode on that? Because it was it's pretty, fascinating. It was super fascinating. Because I think it took like I think it was like two or three generations before it actually like yeah. clicked. Yeah. But like, and it, I think it got to the point where I don't think you could tell a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, anyways, yeah, super super interesting. We got Pepper in here just running around doing old puppy stuff uh, about the knock of Andrew guitar. But hey, good times. <laughs> um, so, oh, she's gonna take out the recording. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go, Pepper. Yeah, walk under that. Walk under that cable. I'm not, we're not going to cut that either. Oh, my God. Easy. Yeah, no, I'm not cutting it. Um, all right. So, uh, updates. What other? Okay, what else we got? I mean, that's pretty much Haynes and, and Chase's episode. Man, it's been a busy, busy, busy spring. We haven't had a lot of time to get out and do stuff. You Have you gotten out and done anything lately? Um, not No, not scouting-wise. I mean, been, gone fishing. We freaking tore yep. crappie up. Uh, oh yeah, this you past did. weekend had a grand old time, man. You can check that on the old Southern Waters Fishing podcast and, and get a, get a good idea there. But uh, yeah, no, a little it's bit of fly fishing here lately, fly fishing stuff like that. No, uh, put in for Iowa again. Hopefully, oh yeah, hopefully gonna join. Yeah, or, yeah. Not join. Hopefully we're gonna draw. But uh, anyways, super excited about that. If we can do, if we can. Oh man, Iowa. And, who, who who put in with it, you? Me and Anthony. Me and my uncle. Nice. So uh, we're gonna try to do it and. <laughs> try to get that late season tag try to get that muzzler tag and you know if it, if it happens you know maybe it does maybe it doesn't but if it does happen then we're gonna take old pepper with us we're gonna try to do some pheasant hunting while we're oh too. yeah get after them peasants yeah i was gonna say pepper won't be ready for that kind of cold weather but we'll have to figure it out one way or the other <laughs> but uh give her a little vest or something yeah she's like yeah give, give me that freaking heat from that truck dude <laughs> or hotel whatever but uh no it's gonna be that, that'll be super exciting and then also uh, found out we're going to be hunting in Georgia, which I guess we'll talk about a little bit more on next week's outro uh, mm-hmm. with that guest is going to be on that outro, uh, which we're exci- super excited to talk about. But hunting Georgia, uh, of course, hunting Tennessee. I'm so excited to hunt Georgia, man. I love Georgia. I really do. So when I, when I, a lot of listeners know this, if you've been a longtime listener, but when I used to live in Auburn, uh, Auburn's pretty close to the Georgia line. And so I could just, 
I get me a Georgia license. And the good thing about Georgia as a non-resident, they do their license as like a calendar year from when mm. you purchase their license. That's, that's so in Alabama, your license expires the last day of August. So that's the last day, September 1st. If you buy a, a hunting license on the last day of August, you got to renew it the next day mm. because that's just when they expire. In Georgia, you you have to renew it whenever, like a calendar year from when you buy it, which is really nice because if if you know their bow season comes in and you can't hunt till that first weekend and there's like three or four days that you miss Mm -hmm. you just buy it the day that you're going to hunt and then that following year you get four or five extra days at the front end Mm. and and you get turkey season like you get everything bear tags fantastic man georgia's awesome and i man i just had so much good good experiences uh hunting in georgia from deer hunting and and turkey hunting in a thunderstorm out there in my tennis shoes and almost doubling up on turkeys when i i didn't realize you you can, well, you can't anymore, but you could. At that back time. at the time, you could double up on turkeys, and I didn't do it because I thought it was illegal. Missed my opportunity. Yeah, but uh, still fun, man. Some great deer hunts in Georgia. I'm excited to be going back. I, I really do love the state of Georgia. Great yep. state. Shout out to all our Georgia listeners, man. All the all the Georgians. No. All the Arkansas people are like, thank God they're not talking about Arkansas anymore. Not yet. We're going. That's next. <laughs> and we're going to Arkansas. Gonna, yeah, yeah, can't leave them out. Super excited uh, to be back in the old uh, Razorback state. You know, you know. I think they're. I think they're still. Well, I don't know about. Yeah, by the time this comes, I think they're in the. Uh, uh, I don't really follow college baseball a whole bunch, but I think they're in the uh, college World Series. Oh my! Oh, Pepper! Pepper! Stop! Oh my gosh! I think they're in the college World Series uh, tournament. So but, Arkansas, Arkansas is on the docket as well. Hundred percent, like that's going down. Yeah, so. I'm excited about Arkansas too, man. I, I haven't hunted Arkansas. Arkansas is a place that I have wanted to hunt since. I guess probably 2017, which is the first time we went to Wyoming. Yep. And uh, we drove through Arkansas. Because you were trying to bear hunt. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Sorry. No, we were driving through yeah. Arkansas, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this looks good. Mm-hmm. And and that was right about the time we were starting to get to know. We are you know, networking a little bit in Arkansas, trying to find podcast guests, and we were realizing, like, kind of stuff that was coming out of Arkansas. <laughs> and we were like, okay, this doesn't look too bad. Um, so you hunted Arkansas last year. I'm excited to be getting after it this year up there. Um, what else we got? I mean, that, that, uh, potentially going out West for, uh, uh, upland hunt with the, with the old dogs. So that's going to be super fun. And then, oh man, um, talked about Iowa, of course, Alabama, Tennessee, always on, always on the docket. And then, uh, looks like Wisconsin for that'd be a grouse camp. Uh, hunting camp in October. October with the dogs, with the old pups, the old doggies, the old doggies. But um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Maybe, maybe potentially Arizona. Potentially Arizona. Back January. In, yeah, back in January. I think you talked about. It. You're not. I'm not going to go on that trip. I don't think. Yeah, I ain't going to do Arizona. But uh, yeah, as cool be, as it would be, it'd be, it's going to be another super fun trip. Maybe one day when I'm full time. <laughs> we're working on. We're working on. Keep sharing the podcast, guys. Come on. <laughs> We need we need your grandma to listen to the podcast. Yo grandma. Yo grandma. So, Arizona would be cool for sure. Um, that's that's a. Uh, uh, you got anything on Wise Eye? Oh yeah. Said with them. Uh, super interesting, dude. First off, we didn't put this in the podcast episode, but there's a promo code. Listen, if you after, if you listen to Monday's episode mm-hmm. with Wise Eye, like, man, I really want to try their you know the hunt control uh, software. Uh, maybe you want to try one of their cameras. If you go over to their website, they're going to do they're doing a short promo with us uh, to kind of see how you guys like their product. Uh, you can go over to the website and actually use a promo code Southern, 
and you'll get 10% off along with uh, free shipping, which is uh, pretty sweet, guys. Yep. So go, go go try that, if you, especially if you want to try some of their products and everything. But no, it's super interesting, dude. I'm actually, we're going to try to get a, uh, a subscription rocking and rolling with uh, Hunt Control, and I kind of want to plug in some of these. I just I just want to give it to Shane Parker so bad. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean I really want yeah, get one to Shane Parker so he can like plug in all his SD or all his, you know, SD cards and all the photos and it have it automatically kind of organize it for him mm. and to see like what kind of pattern it brings out like hey, if you're going to kill a specific buck like what were oh, the, what were the days last year to kill him. Well, the beauty of it and and for people like I don't know, I, I probably haven't talked a ton about like what I do for a living on here, but a lot of what I do for a living is like data and database management and stuff. And with the amount of of data that Shane is going through, all those 170-something cameras and weather stations, 50,000 images. there's only so much that your human brain can do with that yeah. and, and the patterns you want to notice and you have your own biases. Plugging it into something that, that doesn't really have a brain, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. uh, like some AI, like what they have um, what they have put together. And the same thing with uh, what Bill Thompson talks about with Spartan Forge. Mm-hmm. You're you're taking that human element out of it, and it's like okay. Apart from all your biases and the mistakes you make and everything, and the miscalculations you have, this is what the data actually says. And a lot of times that can be a lot different than what you expect it to say or what you want it to say. In other words, so uh, I would man, I would love to get Shane that that software and just, and just see what it says, see how well it matches up, but really see if there's things that he's missed and uh, th- or maybe things he didn't expect because uh, that's what that's kind of their selling point in a way. When we talked to them at ATA, that's one thing that they kept bringing up was uh, guys who have used their their product. Like I think he said the story on here. He told he told us the same story at ATA that I think he said on the podcast. Well, there's a couple stories, but they're all the same. Like, well, the people, guy's like, well, they don't ever come through here on a west wind. Yeah, and then you plug it into the hunt control, and it's like, oh, actually. Yeah, it's it's only a west. Well, wind. maybe not all the deer, but a the specific buck. The, yeah, the buck. Like that. when he's thinking, oh, it's coming in like all the other deer. Well, it's not. It's coming in with a different wind direction, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what the guy uses to his advantage. That's why I, I, I like it. I like it from the aspect like you're truly seeing and plugging in information. What's happening on your farm? Mm-hmm. Like especially talking as a private landowner, like you're figuring out what's going on, on your property exclusively. Yeah, same thing could work on. I mean, it, it works down on public land too. I mean. All you have to do is either buy uh, the license for uh, Hunt Control, which isn't that much money. I think it's less than 100 bucks, mm-hmm. um, Or you just go buy one of their cameras, and it automatically comes with Hunt Control. And then you can, while you have Hunt Control, even if you buy one of their cameras for $190, bucks, uh, not kind of the discount, uh, you can go over and then implement and plug in all your SD cards from up to seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it automatically will build profiles, as in, you know, yep. just the overall deer move. And then you can start selecting individual bucks, building those tags. And uh, really kind of break it down. I just like from the aspect of like being very organized and truly seeing based off like what you think an area, like like how does it hunt as in like your best situations yep. versus what the AI is telling you. Oh, yeah. Based off what it's finding. And, you know, there was another company that did something similar to that uh, that we actually had a couple of years back. It was uh, Deer Lab. I don't know if Deer Lab mm. is still a thing mm-hmm. or not. Remember, we got a subscription, and Michael's on it. Me and Michael kind of shared it. Mm-hmm. And uh, theirs was very, very similar, but it was a lot more manual. Uh, I don't think they had as much, like, AI built into it. Uh, but it was pretty cool. Uh, we just we didn't get super into it um, just because it, it takes so much, like, especially running cameras on public land. Uh, we just didn't have, like, enough pictures to put in there. And I can't remember what was going on that summer, but we just didn't get into it enough. But... We've tried that that same kind of software before uh, with Deer Lab, but uh, I'm interested to try it 
with someone who has like a large amount of data. Because for somebody like me, where I'm running like three or four cameras in the summer maybe that I'm checking like one time, it's probably not going to do me a ton of good. But if you have like a trail camera regiment where you're like running trail cameras, kind of like Michael did a couple years ago. I feel like if it, it could work really well. Well, even if you're running like five cameras, but you're being very diligent about like, you know, putting them in the right spots and stuff, mm-hmm. I think it can still help you. But yeah, especially the guys running 10 plus cameras. Or guys on private land where you've got cameras that stay in a spot. Yeah. You got them on a food plot or in that one pinch point or, or bait station, yeah, pinch point, watering hole, whatever. And your camera just lives there. Like yeah. you're not like us where like every time I go in, I move it. I feel like a guy like Grant Woods, I'd be very interested in seeing him and use something like that. Mm. Like what, what it pulls up from like him because they run so many cameras on his property. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they've had cameras in the same spot for like years. Yeah. It's like years. Like worn a spot in the tree where yeah. the camera get hung. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just been there for like a decade. Yeah, for a decade. <laughs> so we swap out cameras, but it stays in the same spot. Yep. Same spot. But, um, yeah, it's again super interesting. But yeah, guys, you know, if you're interested in trying out, you know, uh, you know, one of those wise eye cameras and products, just go over there, use that promo code Southern and uh, you'll get that discount and free shipping. So appreciate it. We're gonna do it for a little short promo. We'll see how long it goes for. Uh, but appreciate, you know, if y'all want to try it out, let us know. And also if you do try it out, especially if you get hunt control, let us know what your thoughts are once you kind of plug all your data in there. Uh, very interesting getting some listener feedback uh, from like kind of hands-on experience. Once you plug in all your data, uh, all those photos and everything, and, and to see what it brings up and, and kind of how it builds it out for you. Uh, and also, see, especially if you killed a buck on a property where you had some trail cam history with that deer, see what the AI tells you for the most predictable day of, like, killing that buck was and see if the day you killed it was one of those days that, of course, the the AI says oh, hey, yeah. you should have had, like, an over 75% chance of killing that deer that day. That's a, that's a That'd be fun. I mean, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I told it one, one person I told that I think it would go real well was, uh, or like could like learn a lot from it was Wes Moe on his property. Cause he mm-hmm. runs a bunch of trail cameras on his property, mm-hmm. uh, that private land he's got. And, uh, he actually said he just acquired some more private land up there. So it's like, got like half the side of that, like in the mountain. And, uh, I'm like, dude, you need to try this stuff. And to see, cause he thinks he says he's got a pretty good idea of like the pattern up there. I'm like, just see what hunt control does. And, uh, that AI and just see what it says. Cause Check I'd be super interested. Yeah. That'd uh, be fun. Hey, we're at 897 ratings, so we're right there at 900. So if y'all are enjoying the show, go leave us a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it on iTunes. I don't have my phone, so you're just trying to read them. Man, okay, all right. There's only a couple. So, yeah, we got a couple. Appreciate everybody leaving us reviews. Uh, May 28th, good information, five stars. This show is packed full of information, and the guests are outstanding. We appreciate that, man. Um... Let's see. Here's another one whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce. They said lots of information, five stars. Just found the show a week ago. I've already listened to 20 podcasts and become a paying subscriber. I don't hunt in the South, but there's still lots of good information in this show. Well, that is a massive, massive help to us. That is means a lot. We really appreciate you uh, subscribing on iTunes and leaving us this five-star review. You are pretty much doing everything you can to help us out, so... You're like a model listener, man. <laughs> we, we seriously appreciate it. Um, it's huge help to us. Um, and, and glad that, that you're finding value. Speak about that. Doing. What is that subscription? Can you, can you talk about it? That subscription, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and you get the Southern Outdoorsman and the Southern Waters podcast ad-free. So when you click on the episode, you get a couple random ads for insurance companies and, and whatever else going on. Uh you will not get those ads anymore. So it's a complete ad-free experience. And then in the future, we're also going to do some early release stuff on there. So if you're subscribed, you're going to get 
early access to something that that nobody else is going to get access to, except maybe Patreon members. So y'all be sure to hit that up. Again, big help to us. Dollar ninety nine a month. Uh, twenty dollars yeah. annually. Twenty dollars annually, which a couple of y'all I've seen have done the annual one, which is which is just as good. So we really appreciate that. Uh, here we go. Uh, from uh, JJMAJ. Uh, <laughs> nitty gritty deer podcast five stars you want the nitty gritty these guys are bringing the nittiest grittiest deer <laughs> content this side of the nitty gritty <laughs> i see that one that's hilarious oh that's awesome that's the latest one man we appreciate those a lot um i man i want to get to a thousand reviews so bad before deer season i think we can do it we're sitting at basically 900 right now we need three more to get to uh 900 um so if a hundred more you guys, if you haven't left a review already, go go leave that. Or on you iTunes. just like big buck nuts, you just keep on leaving the reviews. You just keep on leaving them, man. Once the a thicket week. Cricket, I ain't heard from the yeah, thicket, thicket cricket. Cricket, man. What happened to the old thicket cricket? I don't know. Big I, big buck nuts might have scared them all. I, I, I don't know, man. I think you know something about eating the old <laughs> little little cricket. territorial dispute going on right there. Yeah, well, it might have got run off. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> or what, what about little buck nuts? Uh, he was on there for a little bit too. Oh yeah, yeah man. Oh geez. I don't know. It seems like big buck nuts might have run them all off. Yeah, that's what happens, man. <laughs> a little dominance, man. He's he's the king of the scrape. He's a five and a half, six and a half year old dude. They're just running her down. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Anyways, if you're a long time listener, you understand what we're talking about. If you're new, you have no but clue. People are like, what? It's big buck nuts. <laughs> yes, it's a reviewer. It's a reviewer. Legendary. Little buck nuts and Thicket Crickets. If we had reviews. more money to throw around, we'd make like commemorative shirts for each of these reviewers. But Yeah. Like, uh, here, <laughs> but we're not doing that right now. <laughs> not right now. Quite yet. Maybe one day. But uh, we, for- did th- we did seriously consider making a Thicket Cricket shirt, and we just couldn't find a, like an artist who, who could like draw it up like how we wanted it yeah so absolutely. hey if anybody out there is an artist and you want to hit us up draw it to draw a, a thicket cricket themed shirt that'd be pretty cool uh anyways um that's all i got man we're sitting right at an hour so it's about time to wrap this up you want to plug southern waters yeah guys if you are not already listening to our second show uh which listen quickly has become a, a favorite of mine just because you know not only just recording it but thoroughly <laughs> enjoying it guys some great content it is the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast. Make sure you go check it out on any major listening platform uh, wherever you're listening to our show here. Just look up Southern Waters or just subscribe to the Apple subscription service and uh, or our channel and you'll get for free, uh, ad-free, um, and just appreciate the support. Excellent podcast, guys. If you're trying to become a better angler, uh, it is the podcast for you. It's not species-specific, but we get into the – as you know, that review says, we get into the nitty-gritty every single week to try to make you a better yeah, angler. I mean, last week talking about topwater bluegill. This week talking about throwing freaking nine-inch wake baits for giant bass. Dude, just going out. I mean, just crazy subjects. And, you know, especially a guy like me who doesn't have as much experience – with that kind of fishing, I find this podcast extremely helpful. So I've only been on a couple episodes. I'm planning on being on a couple more here in the near future. But Jacob, you're doing a great job with it, man. Appreciate it. Sounds it sounds good, man. Appreciate getting it. getting a lot out of that podcast. So y'all go check it out. Yep, and the reviews there have been awesome too. By the way, yeah, if you're listening to the the Southern Waters Fishing Podcast, go leave us a five star review and a written review on iTunes and Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. We greatly appreciate those as well. But guys, we appreciate y'all support. Check out, uh, of course, our main episode coming out on Monday. We guarantee you're not gonna want to miss it, guys. Mm-hmm. This is one we've been holding out on you guys for a little while. Kind of holding out it. since uh, it's a it's a two part series. April or uh, yeah, because yeah, it's April when I went up there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe March, but this just trust us. You, you don't you don't want to miss, miss Monday's episode, guys. Uh, but appreciate y'all support, and we'll check you back. We'll check back with you guys on the next episode. 
of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. So, like every single week, y'all stay Southern. Look, last summer, y'all heard us talk a bunch about the Mobile Hunters Expo. It was an incredible event. A bunch of you guys came out to meet us. We got to talk to, I don't even know how many listeners. If you heard all that last year and you were like, dang, that sounded cool. I should have went to that. Here's your chance. You need to make it to this one. It's June 28th through June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. All right. Giving you a heads up here. So go ahead and mark it on your calendar. June 28th through June 30th, Dalton, Georgia is going to be the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. We're going to be there. A bunch of our past podcast guests are going to be there. There's going to be seminars. All of the mobile hunting companies are going to be there for you to try out gear before you buy it. It's like the one event of the year where all of the the like the mobile hunter ecosystem just kind of congregates in one place. And Chris and Josh and the guys have done an absolutely phenomenal job putting this thing together over the last couple years. And it keeps getting better every year. So like I said, make sure you come see us. We're going to have a gigantic stack of free stickers to give away to every listener that stops by the booth. And we're going to have merch there to purchase. We're going to be recording podcasts, shooting videos, all kinds of stuff. So like I said, don't miss it. You can head on over to the mobilehuntersexpo.com to look at show schedules and dates and go ahead and grab your tickets. So y'all go check it out at the mobilehuntersexpo.com.